Welcome to the Winter Maintenance Podcast, Episode 4, the 2006 APWA North American Snow Conference. The snow conference this year was held in Peoria, Illinois on April 30th to May 3rd at the Peoria Civic Center, which is a great facility with a fantastic auditorium for the general sessions. And, I must say, the snow conference played very well in Peoria. The snow conference had about 35 educational sessions, three general sessions, and two roundtable discussion sessions with seven different topics at each roundtable. New this year were the change track educational sessions. The change track sessions were coordinated to address some of the barriers to change that organizations face and ideas for overcoming them. There were well over 100 exhibitors in the exhibit hall, and this year, for the first time, exhibits included heavy equipment and motorized vehicles. Near the conference registration area was the APWA bookstore, where attendees could purchase all types of public works resource materials, such as books, videos, and DVDs, along with APWA shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise. The first general session on Sunday opened with a welcome from the City of Peoria Mayor, Mr. Jim Artis, and APWA President Bob Freudenthal. Bob announced that this snow conference had the largest registered attendance and number of exhibitors in APWA snow conference history, and that the awards for the top 10 public works leaders of the year will be given in September at the APWA Congress and Exposition in Kansas City. Bob also praised public works organizations for being recognized as critical first responders by Homeland Security. Following opening remarks, Steve Donahue gave a very interesting presentation titled Building Teams on Shifting Sands. Steve shared the life lessons he learned at the age of 20 while crossing the Sierra Desert in Africa and how those lessons can apply to all of us in our daily lives. Following the opening session, the education sessions began, and then from 5 to 7 p.m., a welcoming reception was held on the exhibit floor. I was able to attend several of the educational sessions during the conference. The first change track session laid the groundwork and provided a process for looking at and implementing change. Another interesting session discussed advanced vehicle location or AVL GPS systems. This is amazing technology that a number of organizations are using to improve their winter maintenance operations. On Tuesday morning, a general session talk show was held with four APWA experts from across North America where they discuss changes in their organizations and the opportunities and challenges these changes presented to their winter maintenance operations. Two of the educational sessions I attended I found very interesting. The first was called Plowers Ed, Snowplow Simulator Training. Richard Powers, the district engineer from the Globe District of Arizona DOT, presented their driver training program that utilizes a snowplow simulator. I had an opportunity to interview Richard about this interesting technology, and that interview will be the topic of a separate podcast episode. The second session that stood out for me was titled, A Salt Saving Formula for Both Anti-Icing and De-Icing. 
This session was presented by Maine DOT and Schmidt North America. The focus of the presentation was the pre-wetting of salt using a 30% liquid to 70% salt ratio, and that's by weight. Instead, as I understand it, a typical 5% liquid to 95% salt ratio currently used in North America. The 30 to 70% ratio creates what I guess you would call a slurry that when spread is claimed to be less affected by wind, does not bounce, sticks to the road better, and when de-icing, the applied chemical starts working faster due to the high moisture content. This ratio has been common practice in Europe since the 1980s. Using this high liquid ratio does require specialized spreading equipment, where the liquid is applied to the salt at the spreading disc in such a fashion to thoroughly mix with the salt right before application to the road. Schmidt North America presented some of the technical aspects of their spreader that permits this 30-70% ratio. Maine and New Jersey DOTs both tested the Schmidt spreaders and this 30-70% ratio in the winter of 2004-2005. Maine DOT saved 30% in salt, what is stated as a conservative number, and New Jersey DOT put 55 to 75% less dollars in salt on the road. Both agencies have purchased additional Schmidt spreading units to further experiment with this approach. One advantage that was stated was that the same 30% 70% material can be used in both anti-icing and de-icing applications, permitting one piece of equipment to do both jobs. It was noted that in order for the 30-70% ratio to be successful, the salt must be of a finer grade than is typically used today. Maine DOT is investigating purchasing a finer grade of salt or grinding it themselves, and Schmidt is looking into adding a grinder to the spreader so that a coarser salt can be used, but then ground at the spreader to the proper size. It was also stated that since the amount of liquid used is considerably more, a ready supply of liquid is required. Typically, the liquid is salt brine, but calcium chloride can also be used during cold situations, but at a greater cost than salt brine due to the higher quantity of liquid that's used. Maine DOT has an evaluation report on the Schmidt spreader and this high liquid ratio approach. During the snow conference, I had an opportunity to interview a few of the exhibitors on the exhibit floor. My selection of exhibitors was random or based on recommendations I received. But, coming from an ROWIS background, I had to interview the ROWIS vendors. I also took a number of pictures that you can view by clicking the photo gallery button on the wintermaintenance.com website. Included are photos of some of the interviewees exhibits and some of the other equipment on display. Here are the interviews in alphabetical order. I'm speaking with Jim Hand of America West Environmental Supplies Incorporated. Uh, Jim, uh, you're involved in uh, various de-icing chemicals. Tell us a little bit about your, uh, your product line. Thank you, Duane. Um, we've been a calcium chloride supplier for years, and uh, 
we've uh, my company, which I'm the owner of, uh, we specialize in producing and perfecting uh, products for the anti-icing, de-icing industry. We do our own testing, and then after we work the bugs out of the materials, then we send them off to private, or indi- or, I'm sorry, independent laboratories and develop data, freeze points, uh, corrosion numbers, uh, and that sort of thing, uh, uh, metals, make sure that we're okay environmentally, BOD, COD, uh, uh, as well as friction reports uh, to address any slickness issues. And then after we've uh, got those products approved, the uh, Pacific Northwest Snow Fighters Association adds our products to an, a, a uh, qualified products list, the QPL, which people around the North American continent watch to make sure that when they purchase products that they're getting a product that's been through this scrutiny so that when they put the material down on the highway that from a safety factors, environmental factors, that that these products have uh, gone through the, uh, jumped through the hoops. So that's what we do is we we develop those products, we distribute those products out of uh, our uh, base facility, which is in Pasco, Washington. And then we also have several jump-off points in uh, oh, pretty much west of the Rockies. We do have uh, a site in uh, Utah, uh, Nebraska, and Montana. So we can use rail to hold the expenses down and get our products to the folks just as quickly as we can and uh, keep the costs down. Are you looking to expand uh, further east to serve some more of the eastern part of the country? Yes, we are. We've uh, been contacted by other companies and manufacturers to tap into our supply of deicers. So we're slowly, our circle is slowly getting a little bit bigger, and that's just fine with me. We've we, I, I don't want to get too carried away. We just do everything real slow and easy and make sure that we're putting out the finest product that we can. So, yes, we are. We're starting to uh, get some traffic into the Midwest. Last year we sent quite a little bit into the uh, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio area, and uh, we'll continue to do that this year as well. Uh, Jim, can you explain just for those that are not familiar with it, what anti-icing is? Well, Dwayne, anti-icing is a, is a new snow-fighting technique that uh, puts the those in, in care of our streets and highways in a proactive position. Uh, rather than reacting to a storm that's occurring or occurred during the night, uh, with good weather forecasting, an anti-icing operation can go out ahead of the storm and apply the material to the roads. And if the weather service says there's a storm coming tonight, then the, the uh, uh, different agencies will gather uh, temperature data from the pavement, air temperature, how fast the storm is moving, and get as much weather data as they can and then make their decisions on how to anti-ice how how and where um, 
so this is not meant to melt the snow so much as it is to prevent the bond to prevent the snow from bonding to the pavement if you uh, a real simple example is it's kind of like a teflon coating uh, it, it keeps the snow from sticking to the pavement it'll eventually uh, uh, dilute out and then at that point then the manager has to decide whether he wants to apply more liquid or plow or or use blades or salt or sand and switch to some of the other tools in his toolbox but it's a like again I'll say it's a proactive approach for handling uh, daily frost uh, say on corners that never see the sunshine during the winter and it'll last oh, as much as seven days so it's a cost savings. It saves it saves lives, and uh, like I say, it's proactive. So that's uh, anti icing, and in the anti icing, you can use uh, smaller amounts of material. So your truck will go further. You'll save fuel. You'll save labor, and uh, when you have to switch to a de-icing mode then you, you start involving more vehicles, more fuel consumption, and more labor. So it's a very effective way of saving budget dollars. So if someone driving down the road in the wintertime and there's a, a storm forecast and somebody they're, they're, they see someone with a truck with a tank on the back and they're spreading this or spraying this liquid on the pavement, they should... Uh, realize that the uh, the public agency is really ahead of the times and they're using the latest technology. That is correct. And, uh, you know, we see uh, public works uh, and road departments being criticized uh, for uh, any number of reasons. But, you know, those guys are out there. They're trying their best. They have our safety in mind. And when you anti-ice and you really get ahead of the storm and those commuter routes are open in the morning and the routes that the school buses run are open in the morning and everybody's getting to work on time and getting there safely you know uh give them a give them a cheer write a letter to the editor because uh, uh it works these guys have studied and these departments have invested time in perfecting these skills so uh it, you know and they don't get a pat on the back very often Jim, what uh, differentiates your products from uh, some of the other calcium chloride, mag chloride products? Well, we we start off with one of the cleanest calcium chlorides that that uh, we can find. That that is, uh, it's all of its uh, metals contents are well within acceptable limits of the governing bodies like the EPA and those and those folks and local jurisdictions. And then we add to that material a corrosion inhibitor, which uh, it decreases the amount of chloride that we use, which is a good, uh, a, a good thing. And it increases the protection for your vehicles, uh, the traveling vehicles and also the state application vehicles, uh, trucks, uh, the wiring, it, uh, this, this product doesn't attack the metals because we've got this perfected corrosion inhibitor in it. Not all materials on the market, as you might suspect, are are capable of doing this. So uh, it costs a little more money to buy this product, but if you look at uh, 
all of the inputs that have gone into developing it and you you get what you pay for and it is a value-added product so it's priced accordingly it uh, costs more to make it and uh, there are cheaper products on the market less expensive but they don't uh, you you'll find when you hold them up to the light they don't all perform the same. Well, Jim, I want to want to thank you uh, for taking the time to speak with me. Good, thank you, Dwayne. Okay, we're at Acid Insight Technologies with Bob Stowe. Bob, uh, tell us about Acid Insight Technologies. Well, Asset Insight Technologies is a company that Wilfred Nixon at the University of Iowa and I started about four years ago to uh, bring consulting, training, expert witness services to the winter maintenance industry. It's our only focus is the winter maintenance industry. It's because we we both love this work and, and uh, we're passionate about it and we think it's uh, it's the best job we've ever had, basically. Uh, so, our, you know, our goal is just to improve the education about snow and ice control and uh, and the new products that are coming out and helping uh, organizations adopt new practices and helping them train their people and assess their people's knowledge uh, and uh, and we just uh, we just enjoy it and our business has been doing well since we since we've been in business and uh, we continue to grow yes uh, you have some training programs you offer yes we yes our uh, we offer training to all levels of uh, uh, people in the, the maintenance organization. We have multi-day trainings that are geared for the decision makers, supervisors, uh, and above. And then we also have uh, like a one-day training uh, course for the operators, those who are actually out there in the trucks doing the work. Uh, our t- training programs are... are uh, quite interactive. We also customize them for every organization. Every organization has a little different needs, so we have a basic program. We collect input from the client about what their specific needs are. We adapt the training to what they need and then uh, uh, deliver it. So we work, work quite closely with the, the organization to, do, to uh, present the type of training that they're looking for. And then is there a way that you measure the, the progress of the students? Yes, we have a, uh, uh, we're just introducing now a uh, a knowledge assessment tool. And uh, what we do is we can can ask the employees a group of questions uh, that cover the type of information that the managers of the organization want their employees to know, that they feel is important that their employees know this information. Uh, We'll we'll, uh, ask them these questions, record their answers, Put it in a database, and then we report back to the organization with uh, a, a, an analysis of what their employees know. And this would help them then adopt their training programs to, or find gaps where the training is not reaching a certain group of employees. For instance, we can identify that, uh, or a message that that they want to present to their employees is not getting through for some reason. So we we can help them find another way to deliver that mm-hmm. message. To, uh, mm-hmm. And so it helps uh, people really maximize their training resources and spend their resources on things that are really getting results. Yes, very good. Uh, you said uh, expert witness services. Can you describe that a little bit? Yes, we work with 
public agencies only uh, or with their attorneys on uh, uh, when you know in our litigious society uh, public agencies get sued and we uh, we help them defend themselves and we've we've chosen to work only for the public agency we don't work for the other side that's that's uh, attempting to sue the public agency uh, because we feel that that uh, if we're providing training to DOTs and to county road organizations and cities that that uh, we be there to help them defend themselves against lawsuits and uh, and we won't be on the other side to to uh, help others sue them so you have a uh, you're, you're focused on the winter maintenance community that's right that's uh, that's all we do is the winter maintenance community Bob very good thank you thank you Okay, we're at the Boshong America booth with Dave Kennedy. Dave, uh, describe for us the products you're displaying here. Uh, basically, we're displaying our uh, FAST systems, which is uh, fixed automated spray technology. One of the nice things that we have, or one of the things that we're highlighting, is opposed to a traditional 10-inch spray disc, we're looking at what we call our microfast system. Uh, it's a new it's a new way to distribute the anti-icing chemical to the road surface or the bridge surface. What it is are small nozzles that come connected or pre-assembled in 100 meter or 328 foot sections. Uh, these get installed in a saw cut down the center line. And how, how wide is the saw cut? The uh, saw cut at the nozzle head is an inch and nine sixteenths, and that occurs about every 15. Uh, about every 15 feet, every 5 meters. And then for the tubing in between, you're looking at a uh, saw cut of about uh, just over a half an inch. All right, so the majority of the saw cut, what's typically done is you just run the half-inch saw cut for the length of the area that's to be treated and then come back, you mark where the nozzles are going to go and widen that area out. All right, so what you're looking at is uh, then you go back where the nozzle heads were at and you just widen that area and epoxy the nozzle heads in, and then basically do a hot patch on the saw cut area where the tubing's at. Now, the advantage of this is you are able to uh, not only provide better coverage that's less dependent on vehicle tracking, all right, you're also able to treat immediately uh, 650 feet of road surface at one spray. So you're able to spray two strips at the same time, uh, which again is uh, 200 meters of surface. And another good thing as opposed to the traditional disc system is you only need to make one lateral feed for every 650 feet as opposed to a lateral feed for every 50 feet for the traditional 10-inch uh, disc fast systems. So we're real excited about it. We have uh, in the U.S. we did our first installation last year in Pennsylvania and we have three that are being installed this construction season throughout the country. So uh, it's, it reduced the cost significantly on the installation side. Uh, installation should be able to reduce it up to 50% as opposed to a standard FAST system. And it provides uh, other advantages too as far as, like I said, track or less dependent on tracking and uh, more coverage and faster treatment of the surface. Very good. 
Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Okay, now we're at International Road Technologies, and I'm speaking with Steve Egan. Steve, tell us about the products you're displaying here t- today. Dwayne, we have a myriad of products here. Uh, the biggest and brightest of them all, of course, is the, the Luminaire, which is a portable area lighting system uh, designed for emergency response, emergency management, used and designed extensively for uh, in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina down in New Orleans. Um, for large-scale power outages over prolonged periods of time. Generator-capable, 110 power, 9-amp draw. Um, Another product going down the line here around the booth, so to speak, we have uh, conventional bollard covers, which is designed to uh, alleviate the maintenance requirement of painting steel and PVC or concrete bollards uh, that protect facilities and infrastructure on Anything from your residential uh, retail strip mall to uh, refineries and, and major plants, uh, as well as um, ports and things of that nature. Uh, continuing around the, the booth here, we also have uh, barricades, uh, plastic barricades, man-portable, that can be placed in traffic conditions and ballasted either with water and or sand to uh, deflect traffic and keep your road workers safe. Um, we have a whole product line just on that alone that is not, we, the, we can't physically fit it in the booth, so we had to go with what we uh, had. This is a, a conventional mobile cade uh, plastic interlocking uh, device that you would, you would put uh, alongside of a shoulder of a road when you're doing shoulder construction to deflect traffic. The newest product that we have on display is uh, uh, recently enacted into law as a requirement whereby crosswalks and handicap access areas must be dimpled, if you will, um, to allow a texture or a structure to be noticeable by handicapped and blind people. Uh, this will be installed at road crossings, um, any type of ingress or egress area to shopping malls or curb sites, things of that nature. Um, the basis of international road technologies is our road surface sensors. Uh, we have three on display here today. Uh, one is a conventional passive contact road surface sensor. We also have an active passive contact road surface sensor. The uh, design behind these is that they're fully autonomous. They contain internal modems. You run power and phone direct to the sensor in situ on the road, and you get your data out as if you had a full-up ROA station there. It does not have the atmospheric. It purely gives you the road surface condition. Um, you can have all kinds of optional sensors. You can put air temperature on it, relative humidity, drop-down sensors for subsurface temperature. Um, we're working on PTZ camera controls. We're also working on uh, some additional visibility sensors, low fidelity, uh, to try and get those incorporated into the technology. Um, lastly, we have what we call the icy road warning system, which is a um, thermochromic material that physically changes from an inert, uh, opaque color. It's physically in the road surface, turns from opaque to a bright orange. It's a visual cue only, and does so from about 5 degrees C down to the 0 degrees C or freezing point. Um, it'll turn to a bright orange, and it's a visual cue for the traveling public as well as the winter maintenance folks out there to recognize that the road surface is, in fact, frozen 
add precipitation and you have a, a combination for ice. And that's what we have here today. Okay, very good, Steve. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Dave. We're at Laser Line Manufacturing, speaking with Bob Vanneman. Bob, uh, tell us about this uh, new technology. Well, this uh, laser was developed actually over the past four years. We had a, uh, a customer of ours call us and ask if they could use a laser that we manufacture for highway paint striping to control a uh, to show them where the wing plow trailing edge was. And we said initially, sure, no problem. And then we realized pretty rapidly that the existing product and the existing technology wouldn't cut it in terms of a winter environment. And uh, so what we ended up doing was we developed this and tested it over the last about two and a half or three years. And essentially what it does is it's a laser spot that sits out about 80 feet out in front of the truck. It's specifically used for wing plows so that you can tell where the trailing edge of the wing plow is going to be if you continue along the same course. And uh, what it does is it eliminates the need for the driver or operator to continually be looking in the rearview mirror uh, and taking his eyes off of the road ahead. And so in a a case like the picture described here, uh, the driver is driving along and you can see there's a decision to be made. (laughs) If I continue on the truck on the uh, way that I'm going, I'm going to run into the back of that truck. So I can either, you know, go around the truck if traffic allows or I've got to raise my wing plow. And it's just that simple. The uh, probably uh, reports we've been getting from the field uh, say that the that this device has uh, cut down about 80% of incidents of wing plows running into items, and you know that's an expensive process. Um, we've talked to a number of people that say that each incident runs about $10,000 when you consider the damage to the truck, the downtime, you know, all of that. So, uh, an expensive mailbox. Yeah, very, yeah, very expensive mailboxes. Or, you know, bending the frame on the truck or mm-hmm. whatever happens to happen. So, essentially, it's, uh, it's just a guide for the operator. It makes their job easier. It's safer. Um, it does reduce downtime. And, uh, essentially, if you can avoid 80% of the uh, accidents, that's, that's saying something. And that's what the product's all about. Okay. Bob, thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. We're at Ocean, Inc. talking with Ken Ocean about the Fusion liquid de-icer. Ken, tell us about your product. Well, what uh, the Fusion de-icers... is a process of taking sugars. Sugars can be from cane, sugar beet, or corn sugars. Uh, These are uh, degraded uh, according to a patent issued by the University of Iowa that we are the exclusive license holder of. And the degradation of these sugars uh, actually lowers the freeze point of the sugar molecule. This uh, gives a certain, uh, a much lower freeze point that's available with uh, de-icers than what's available with sugars that have been uh, used in the past. Okay. I'm not sure I'm smart enough to ask intelligent questions here. Well, basically, um, uh, sugars, if uh, from the environmental issues that are out there, there are uh, uh, road areas that are what we call low, low chloride impact meaning we can't, we can't use salt on the road or we can only use a minimal amount of salt. Right. 
Uh, the fusion uh, uh, liquid ice melters is something that can be used in, in those areas because it is a, a product from uh, a natural resourceful product, biodegradable, does not have the chloride uh, runoff issues that you do with salt, calcium, or magnesium. So this is a replacement to a salt-based uh, program instead of a supplement to a salt-based program. Um, and or. And Me or? Yes, meaning that uh, you can use the fusion products uh, totally as a replacement in environmentally sensitive areas. There are uh, legitimate uh, value in adding the fusion to the salt brimes that are used. Um, what happens is the fusion is slightly hydroscopic. If you put a brime down and the water evaporates off you, you'll get some powdery residue. The salt will start to dust uh, on. The, um, the fusion, being a slightly humectant, will hold that moisture there so you won't get the powdery dusting drying off that you get with straight salt brine. Uh, the additional uh, issues of it uh, from a corrosion issue, it certainly lowers corrosion. But the thing we like about it, by adding the, uh, the fusion in with the salt brine, we actually not only uh, reduce the corrosion, we also lower the temperature that it will melt at. What is the eutectic point then? With The eutectic, uh, depending on the sugars and that we're currently working with, the, uh, uh, instead of using eutectic, we're going to use the term uh, lowest melting point. And we're looking certainly at uh, 15 below zero at this point. So Fahrenheit? Yes. Fahrenheit, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. The uh, fusion uh, uh, is a product that can be used by itself. It can be mixed either with uh, salt brimes, liquid calcium, liquid magnesium, even potassium acetate. So it's a, a quite flexible product. Uh, information that anyone would need would be, uh, could find it by going to our website, uh, ocean.com O-S-S-I-A-N dot com Okay, Ken, thank you very much. We're at Sarah's Ecological Applications Company and they have a product called Ice Be Gone. I'm with David, David Wood. Wood and David, can you tell us about your product? Uh, ice Be Gone is a patented ice melting product. It's a liquid. It's used for treating salt. It's, if you treat salt, it's used at the rate of 8 gallons per ton. The difference in this product over other salt treatments, and also it can be used as a straight liquid, is that uh, it is patented in the sense that we have learned and recognized that a low molecular weight carbohydrate, when added to a salt, will reduce the freezing point to a much lower temperature than than what you would normally expect. The lower freezing point is means um, longer working time. Longer working time means you use less salt, uh, which means less cost. The primary additional benefit of that is that you also cut the corrosion by more than 40 or 50 percent from using straight salt. It can be used with salt brines as a concentrate. can be applied as a direct liquid. Uh, Millions and millions of gallons have been sold in the Northeast, and we are now gradually moving into the Midwest and the West. It's uh, it, it's a it's a kind of a mom and apple pie kind of product. I mean, it's 
everybody wins with this. It cuts corrosion, it costs less, it uh, it makes the roads safer. There's less overtime, there's less wear and tear on equipment, and and it's uh, less harmful to bridges and, and structures. Those so the, that's the essence. So it's a, a mixture that you put with the salt, then, or it's a right. material you put with the salt. What's the basis of that material? Uh, the low molecular weight carbohydrate in the, in the ranges that we use, another name for them would be sugars. You can use molasses, you can use corn syrup, you can use uh, various byproducts that have a relatively high carbohydrate content in the low molecular weights. Uh, we mix that with a little bit of the higher molecular weight material to give it viscosity. So you can, re- you can really engineer the product. There's been variations of this product around under other names over the past several years. Uh, some of which we sold, and they had problems with uh, a lot of foreign material and some of it, so it plugged up nozzles and it, it didn't mix evenly. And we set out to cure all of that, and we spent quite a lot of money with laboratories and testing and developing and science and so on. And me sitting in rooms with PhDs who I don't really understand. And, uh, is, uh, is this delivered as a liquid then? or is it Delivered it as a liquid uh, from us. We uh, also sell to several salt companies who use it to treat their salt before they ship it to the customer. Um, in the Northeast, American Rock Salt and International Salt Company are two uh, important users. Cargill's Clear Lane product was exactly this product, and we uh, had a lawsuit with them, which uh, we eventually won, and they have now shifted to what we consider to be a, a less effective product because they have no longer using the uh, carbohydrate. Uh, some important users are the New Jersey Turnpike and the Garden State Parkway. state of Maine is a big user. New York State, obviously, our home state, uh, both the Thruway Authority and the, uh, the OGS, which is buying for DOT and all the towns and villages. Um, those, are, those are very large outlets for us. state of Pennsylvania has had a varied program, but uh, they have found great effectiveness with it. The state of Vermont has been an early and long user. Uh, Connecticut has got several good programs going. Massachusetts uh, runs all of theirs sort of out of Boston, and they they seem to favor calcium chloride, although we're making, which is very corrosive. It's the most corrosive mm-hmm. salt. But we're making some progress in, in getting their attention. Um, so we're in, in, in the Northeast, we're in very good shape. Um, Ohio is, is uh, giving us some attention, and uh, some, some western Pennsylvania areas, and I also have some, some work going on in the northwest, so it's time for us to, to move this product out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. All right, very good. Well, thank you, Dave. Okay, sir. We are now at the SSI, or Surface Systems Incorporated, uh, booth, and speaking with John Tarleton. John, what do you have on display here? Well, really the two new things we're looking at from uh, the SSI perspective in road weather is, um, one would be our on our equipment side, we've now kind of taken our product line and gone uh, kind of modular or to where we can spec it for any type of customer. We now offer three different uh, RWIS uh, platforms, if you'd say. We offer on our WIS Elite, 
an Arwis Advanced, and an Arwis Companion. So each one of those three uh, scale to the needs of the customer, whether it be a larger DOT that needs something with a little bit more capability to a smaller city or county that might need uh, a little less capability but uh, looking more on the cost-effective um, spectrum of things. Uh, offer a variety of pavement sensors, everything from a passive FP2000 we've had for a number of years to more active and uh, wireless and traffic sensors we now offer, even beginning to integrate um, some uh, some license plate recognition type sensors. So a variety of different uh, sensor applications that we're going to be uh, integrating to increase the year-round use of the RWIS system. <clears throat> From the weather side, we're really looking at a new product called Storm Beacon, which is a weather graphics product that we released a couple months ago in January and February of this year. Uh, Storm Beacon is an application product that runs on your PC uh, and can display very high-resolution uh, radar, um, satellite information down to a street level, level if you so need it. You can add your own city, county, garage, parks, whatever the case may be, uh, DOT office, whatever you're looking for. And, of course, you can get uh, lightning information, live lightning information. It has a really cool thing called Future Scan where it will project the radar f- um, an hour into the future showing you uh, what's basically uh, the radar looks like. And then, of course, it's got some other stuff such as showing you uh, what ground truth is going on through a thing called SpotterNet, where it basically takes the National Weather Service network of spotters and it shows you live when a new spotter comes in. It drops that information directly on the system, and so you can see how that storm is impacting the surface. And as, as we know, a service systems, our key is everything. How does it impact the surface, not just looking at weather at 10, 20, 30,000 feet, but how does it impact the road and the areas in which we drive? And that's pretty much what we have new here at SSI. Thank you, John. I'm at the uh, Unimog stand here, and they have a uh, Unimog with a snowblower and a spreader and talking with Dan Bruner. Dan? Um, I heard this truck has a feature that you can switch right to left-hand side drive. Yes, that's correct. It's called Varial Pilot. And we can change the position of the driver from the left to the right in under 15 seconds. And the operator can be completely functional on either side of the vehicle in that period of time. And if you'd like, I can show you how that, how that works. This is the model u 500 it's a product that's built by Mercedes uh, in North Germany. And uh, this is a, a vehicle that's a concept. There is um, one day this can be a snowblower, the next day it can be a sweeper, uh, it can mow. There's a spreader on this vehicle right now. Uh, we could put a man lift on it. There's the the uh, limitations are only uh, are really up to the person that owns it. You know? so, so the idea is it's implement carrier. And it's a multiple-task vehicle. So instead of standing in a corner being a dedicated sweeper, when sweeping isn't being done, this unit can be doing something else. And, and therefore, you know, you're u- utilizing your investment mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a much more complete manner. I'll show you how this works. Wrong. What we do is we uh, pull up a panel in the dash that's, that snaps in, and we set that off to the side, and we're able to pull a lever and push a button and slide... Uh, the steering wheel, the dash display, and the controls 
over to the right side. And the pedals, uh, the throttle pedal, and the brake also move all at the same time. So it's one, one, it's one assembly then, basically, that slides across the dash, is that yes, correct? Yes, it slides across a, a track that's, that's integrated into the dash. And um, we fold the lever down and put the dash panel back in place, and you're ready to drive on the right side. Amazing. Yes, and where the where the uh, there's a there's a gear, and it has an orientation, so you will always have the steering wheel where it belongs. Uh, so you know it's never the center is never cocked or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've had a number of different manufacturers look at this in awe, uh, wishing that they had this feature on their uh, on their piece of equipment. It it it, it takes our a multiple task uh, concept vehicle T- truly it is complete you know mm-hmm. because now we can do on the right side uh, what some people wish they could do so this is a concept vehicle is there plans for production no concept in the terms of uh, it's a concept sale as far as uh, production this is a this is a vehicle that's uh, produced every day uh, at the Wirt Germany plant, uh, there's somewhere around 3,500 units produced annually, uh, sold around the world. Very interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, we're at the Vaisala booth with Paul Bridge. Paul, tell us about your products you have here. Hi, Dwayne. Well, what we're uh, demonstrating here is our uh, ARWIS, uh, Road Weather Information System. Um, but the, the big news that uh, Visala is trying to push at the moment are our non-invasive sensors, um, which are really a big step in the 30 years of the, the embedded puck technology. Uh, this is a big leap forward now. Um, with the non-invasive sensors, it means no hassle, easy installation. But probably the biggest news of all is the fact that we can actually measure, get a measure of friction. Uh, using our new sensor. Um, the sensors work simply by installing on a, a structure uh, by the side of the, the carriageway, by the side of the pavement, um, within a 50-foot um, range. And essentially they use laser technology uh, to look at the road surface so we can independently measure water, uh, ice, black ice that is, and snow or frost. Um, so we can measure the thickness of those materials and by being able to independently measure them we can get a correlation with friction so I think that's really quite exciting news um, because not only can that be used in operational um, decision making but also as a performance indicator uh, for winter maintenance to be able to say yeah we've actually improved the friction of the road surface Um, so there's, there's multiple uses there um, again, we're, they're non-invasive properties. It means that we can look at a larger area, a larger footprint of the pavements. Um, so that means that we're getting a better representation of what's happening on the, the road surface. How, how, how big of a area does it uh, sample? Okay, well, the, the road state sensor looks at about a square foot of the road. Um, and then we also have a road pavement temperature sensor, again a remote one, and that measures about a square yard of the road. So it's looking at a, a pretty good footprint. Um, it also, with the non-invasive means, it means that you can install them any time of year. So in the middle of winter, if you've got a, an icy carriageway, then it's not a problem, you can still install these. 
Yeah. Um, is this being? I thought I read someplace that this is being going to be tested by Aurora. That's right. Yeah, Aurora. In fact, uh, the Aurora program, which consists of a, a number of states, uh, primarily in the Midwest. Um, they're actually trialling three of these at the moment, so we've got them in, in various locations, Virginia, North Dakota and Ontario uh, at the moment, but they've also been used in other locations at the moment within the US, so Alaska, Washington State, Colorado, um, we've also got the sensors in, and certainly Alaska gets pretty nippy up there, so um, it's, they're doing well, they're performing nicely. Good, very good. All right, thank you very much. Thanks, Dwayne. The APWA Snow Conference is a very well-run and interesting conference. I would recommend that anyone performing winter maintenance attend this conference to keep abreast of the advances in technology and the practices that are occurring, and the opportunity to share ideas and experiences with your peers. My thanks to APWA for giving me access to the Snow Conference so that I could bring you this podcast. I would also like to thank the companies that provided me an interview and I have listed their websites in the episode notes. If I can provide you with any additional information on the Snow Conference or contact information for the companies I interviewed, please send me an email using the Contact Me button on the wintermaintenance.com website. As always, if you have any comments or suggestions, send me an email or leave a comment in the podcast episode page. This podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons 2.5 license. Thanks to Thought Pyramid for providing the music that is available at www.archive.org. Thanks for listening. So long for now.